My name is Jessa Moin, and today we have with us Helen Pollock, aka the Content Doc. Uh, she coaches people in writing their non-fiction books and blog posts. Also, finds it greatly rewarding uh, to be able to help women entrepreneurs through her craft. She is a ghostwriter and a mother to two, a son and a daughter. Makes business content like social media posts, blogs, and articles for her clients. Has a very diverse portfolio. that include not only working for Aston Martin and Blitz Game Studio but also teaching mandarin to primary school she believes that everyone can become a better writer and that creating a simple framework for content creation is the key to great business writing a big lover of writing and boxing she hails from warwickshire uk Hi Yessa, thanks so much for that lovely introduction and it really is a pleasure to be on the show. So, if I've got my facts right, uh, your first foray into ghostwriting was when a PR client asked you if you could go ghostwrite a non-fiction book for him. Can you shed some details on how that experience was and how you did it? Yes, you're right. So my first ghostwriting client was an existing PR client, and he was already uh, an Amazon best-selling author, but he didn't have time to write his second book. So he asked me if I'd help him out with that. So actually, he's a prominent podcaster. and he asked me to create a to research and create a series for that podcast about a particular um topic and then to write a book about it so i researched all the themes and each theme usually became two episodes of the podcast one which was kind of exploring that subject and and then another second half which was an interview with a guest expert and i then took those transcripts and turned them into chapters so generally each theme became a chapter so each theme in this series about a particular subject became a chapter um so yeah it was really helpful that i already knew my client very well Uh, it was the ideal first introduction to ghostwriting i'd say uh, while researching you i came across uh, two resources uh, you mentioned regarding figuring out an article or a book's readability uh, statistics they were microsoft word and yoast can you tell us what you meant by readability statistics and how these resources help one yes yeah, so i love working out readability stats for anything i'm writing whether it's a blog post or uh, the chapter of a book so in microsoft word if you go into your kind of settings then where you can choose to have a grammar and spell check done um on your work you, there's a little tick box if you go into those settings and uh, for adding readability stats so i often do this it really helps you to get a, a handle on any bits of your writing that isn't quite clear or any habits that you have that are making your um writing less easy to understand because in general 
we want our writing to be accessible to um, probably between an 11 and 13 year old child. Um, that's, you know, if it's something that's for general consumption, I guess. Uh, if you are a brain surgeon writing for other brain surgeons, that doesn't necessarily hold true. But also Yoast, the SEO plugin for WordPress, offers similar functionality and will give you readability stats. So a um, hundred in this flesh Kincaid reading ease scale is very, very easy to read. And so we really want to be trying to get as close to that as possible. Um, and probably, you know, 70 plus would be a decent readability score. Um, so I hope you found that um, useful. I have a very vague idea of what a ghostwriter's uh, process is like. So do share with us what your what your process is like uh, when you get a ghostwriting contract and with a deadline. In terms of the ghostwriter's process, that's a really good question. It very much depends on what the source material is. So, you know, for example, the first book I wrote, um, it was for a podcaster. So we use the podcast transcripts as the basis, really, for, for that book. Um, the second person I wrote a, a book for also was a podcast and we did similar. Um, but it could be, you know, if you're a business or nonfiction author, you might have a training course that you could use as the basis um, or, you know, source material for your book. If you have nothing, if you don't have anything like that at all, or a series of blog posts, you know, if you've been blogging for a while, it's likely that you've got some good material for um, writing a book. But if you are starting from nothing at all, then we would need to do, say, 12 to 16 hours of interviews initially. Um, and then I would go away, write a sample chapter for my client, send that to them, see how um, we're aligned in terms of uh, tone of voice and that kind of thing. And, you know, if the client was happy with the way things were going and I would then go away after making necessary tweaks and start writing chapter by chapter. And after each chapter, I would send the draft to um, the author and um, make their edits. So that's kind of how the process works. And in terms of deadline, it will depend to a degree on how much your author can give you in terms of their time and attention. So if you're waiting on stuff from them, and that was something that happened with my first client, um, quite often I'd be waiting for his input about something for a while, and that held me up. But in general terms, it takes around three to six months to write a business or non-fiction book. So, you know, if we're somewhere within that uh, ballpark, then that's great. And I always say to ghostwriting clients that they need to make themselves available um, or otherwise they can become the blocker. Oh, when you were starting off as a freelancer, have there ever been times when a client got his job done from you but never came around to pay? If yes, then how did you learn to deal with that? 
because that's the scariest thing i find about being a freelancer yeah being a scare uh, uh, sorry being a freelancer is scary at times and crikey at the moment it is really scary um i mean i've been pretty lucky actually because um a lot of the people who i work with um a lack of time is one of their biggest problems. So there's all these people now who aren't commuting to work, who aren't travelling extensively as they might do usually, and they're like, oh, what am I going to do with this bonus time? Ah, I know, I'll, I'll write that book that um, I've always wanted to write. So for me, I'm touching wood as we speak, actually um, that might be a bonus. But yeah, being paid as a freelancer um, is a real issue. Um, I now just won't, um, uh, first of all, I'm very careful about who I work with. So I, I go with my gut. If I have the feeling that this isn't a good person to work for, then I won't. Um, I also, I use um, a CRM system for creatives called Dubsado. And so what I can now do is send out a proposal. Um, and if the client sort of effectively clicks yes within the proposal, yes, that's what I want, then it generates a contract automatically. They sign that. It generates an invoice automatically and they can pay me there right then and there through that invoice um, in a couple of different ways but it's all instant and I don't start work for them until they've paid me so that can either be a deposit or it can be for the full amount depending on what it is um, but I find that really useful and then you can just say because um, I, I am not waiting you know, 60, 90 days plus for an invoice to be paid now. I'm, I'm just not willing to do that. But there are ways around it. And Dubsado is actually a really good one. Ghostwriting and coaching people in writing their non-fiction books are both uh, work-from-home jobs. And being a mother, you obviously have had quite some experience balancing both those jobs uh, with taking care of the kids. Can you provide any tips to the mothers out there who are working from home in these troubled times who aren't used to work and housework taking place in the same setting? Yeah, working from home with kids. <laughs> I'm not sure I can give much advice about that because I, I can't work when I am looking after my kids. They're eight and four and the eight-year-old is... Um, pretty self-sufficient at least you know for short periods but my four-year-old still is very much needing time and attention and really hands-on parenting so at the moment um, my other half is working in the mornings and I'm looking after and teaching the children and then we swap at lunchtime and I'm working in the afternoons and he looks after the kids and that's working out really well. Um, and then if we've got stuff that's left over to do, uh, we can you know, tie up any loose ends in the evening. But I'm really trying to maintain boundaries and not find myself without any time to look after myself and, you know, chill out a bit. I need some, some downtime, particularly teaching kids. 
because that's really tiring. Respect to all the teachers out there. When did you get into boxing? Uh, and especially boxing is a means to be fit. Also, what's so exciting for you about it? Yes, boxing. So I go to a fantastic exercise class which is called Shakti Fit. And it's half boxing fitness and like hit cardio and half yoga. Um so it's on a well, I don't go to it now. Um but um my instructor is creating some online videos which I'm so grateful for and I cannot wait to get back to class when this all passes. But um I do an hour and a half usually on a Tuesday night and so it's 45 minutes of hit cardio and boxing and then 45 minutes of yoga and we end with a really nice like meditation and a piece of vegan chocolate. So um it's like the best fitness class ever. Um and yeah it's like I never expected that I would like hitting stuff uh but I do. Um, so I really think it's an excellent fitness class and should be prescribed to every mother because it's got everything I need. It's got cardio, it's got strength work, it's got um, flexibility uh, work and then kind of a bit of uh, mindfulness. So, so yeah, it has made a massive difference to my life. So I go on a Tuesday night and then on a Wednesday afternoon um, and... In an ideal world, I'll go three times a week. So, yeah, I love it. What's your general process like uh, when coaching someone to write a better blog post? Do you know what? It's a really similar process when I'm coaching someone to write better. No matter whether it is like a blog post or, or their book. The first thing is they have to, uh, my coachee needs to get crystal clear on who the reader is. Who is this content for? Um, what are their pain points? So, you know, what keeps them up at night? Um, and how are you going to meet their needs through, the, your, through your writing as best you can? So, um, I don't know, to give you an example. So if I'm writing something, um, a, say a blog post for aimed at potential book coaching clients, um, then I think about their problems. So often when people come to me, they just feel really overwhelmed. They don't know where to start. And they think in their mind that the, the place that they start is by writing actually there are several steps that they need to take before they start writing so you know a good blog post for me or it, or it could be a lead magnet and a, you know a series of blog posts could be um five steps you must take before you can start writing um so that kind of thing really um and then you so you need to do customer research you need to do competitor research and have a think about you know what seems to be popular with your target audience content wise and what doesn't um and you know, adapt accordingly um so yeah 
And also you need to think about what you want the outcome to be from this content. So if it's a blog post, you know, what do you want people to do when they've read that blog post? Where are you going to send them? What do you want them to do? Do you want them to sign up for a lead magnet download, perhaps? Um, you know, I don't know. I've got a free ebook called um, I Just Don't Know Where to Start, which is aimed at um, people who really want to write a book but just don't know where to start, funnily enough. Um, or do you want them to book a, a, a call with you? Or what is it that you want them to do? Um, and it's always making that as easy for the reader to do as possible. So that's kind of um, a, a bit of an insight into the process right there. Lastly, I leave the platform to you. Feel free to talk about anything we didn't cover that you wish to talk about. And also let the audience know where they can find you on social media. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely. And I really hope that your audience find this useful. If they want to catch up with me, I'm on LinkedIn as Helen Pollock. And also you can find some more free resources um, on my website. That's www.thecontentdoc.com. And I will uh, give you the link to my free ebook, I Just Don't Know Where to Start, which is aimed at, as I said, business and nonfiction, aspiring authors who um, would love to write a book but are just clueless about where to start or just need a bit of support. So thanks again for having me. Take care. Bye-bye.